1: on stories of the supernatural. I hope you enjoy the show, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicle: Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing good, really good. As you know, my last <laughs> my last show, I told you my well <laughs> my farm just decided to quit after a power outage and after 72 hours of no water. Like I said, I had no problems admitting I'm a real, real crybaby when it comes to AC and, of course, running water. You just real don't realize how much we take it for granted till you don't have it. And like, like I said before, the last experience I had was uh, in the fall of last year, you know, when these hurricanes tore through uh, South Florida and I was with a week without electricity and water. But it's almost like Misery Loves Company since I knew everybody else was in the same situation I was. It's like totally different. But anyway, so that's what I'm saying. It's all good. It's all good because I've got water. But anyway, I'm also all good today again because I have a fantastic guest today with us. This is a lady who's very, very well versed in the paranormal field. Her name is Marie D. Jones, and she is the best selling author of fiction and nonfiction stories, she has an extensive background in journalism, metaphysics, and the paranormal, and she's worked in the field as a field investigator for MUFON in Los Angeles and San Diego in the 1980s and 1990s. She's also been on television, including History Channel's Ancient Aliens and the Nostradamus Effect series, and she also served as a special UFO abduction consultant for the 2009 universal picture science fiction movie, The Fourth Kind. Now, she's been interviewed on hundreds of radio talk shows, and she's lectured widely at major paranormal new science and self-empowerment events, and I am so happy to have her here today. How are you doing, Marie?
2: I'm doing great. Now, I have to warn you, I have a 20-year-old cat named Lucy (laughs) Uh who, whenever I do a radio show, decides to start wailing.
1: (laughs) Oh, wait. See, so, see, this is, you are you absolutely <laughs> in the right place because I, I live in a farmhouse. But besides that, I've always had animals. I have five dogs. Right. One that just had a, I have a bunch of birds. And like I t- oh, my audience knows and you, all of a sudden you'll hear oh, a screech or a bark or some weird noise. Plus I have chickens and you know, when okay. the, I don't feed so, them. They so come you on get my part. Py-
2: you get it. <laughs> yes.
1: I have roosters that look at me through my window and they, they decide that in the middle of the day that they're going to go ahead and let me know, like, come and feed me. So yeah, that's belief. <laughs>
2: Isn't that weird, but I mean, you know, I could be sitting here working the whole day yes. and nothing, but as yes. soon as I get on the phone. So anyway, I just thought I would, But you know <laughs> what I'm going <laughs> to mention something.
1: One time, this was already maybe like a year ago or a little bit less. I was interviewing this gentleman. His name is Christopher George. As a matter of fact, he lives over in San Diego and in the middle of the interview, I know i remember him mentioning something about his mom loved cats and he all the way towards i want to say when the last maybe 20 minutes of the interview i distinctly heard a cat meow now what's really funny yeah. is mm-hmm. i'm thinking it's his cat and he's thinking it's my cat oh no <laughs> so funny <laughs> later on you know i heard it and then you know i review the show anyway afterwards just to make sure everything's okay on the audio And I sent him an email and I said, hey, thanks. And by the way, you know, I heard your cat. (laughs) He came out. (laughs) He goes, I don't have a cat. (laughs) So (gasps) neither one of us have a cat. cat I have cats, but in another, (laughs) I don't have a cat here. And it was like, but it was distinctly a meow, (laughs) a meow. Okay. And it was, when he wrote back, he goes, I don't have a cat. And we both laughed and we were, you know, it was one of those things that neither one of us, you know, just. Took it in stride because we're each thinking it's the other's cat, exactly like you said. That yeah. was close by and came out in the recording. So I'm glad. You, I'm glad you put that out there in case.
2: <laughs> in I case. I swear, it's like yeah. Let me just put this out there before we even get
1: started. <laughs> well, you know what? And it's really funny. Everybody and I, uh, you know, if you have children, you know how when they're little they follow you around and they, they got to be underfoot wherever oh, you're yeah. at. Well, animals do the same thing. Uh, they got to be underfoot especially if you're not giving them direct attention somehow they got to be like notice me notice me so i absolutely they know understand. they just yes. know
2: oh i yes. think they do it on purpose
1: anyway yes, they do they do <laughs> but it's like believe me if, if anybody understands it's me but anyway marie let me ask oh, you man. what i ask all my guests which is obviously you're involved in the paranormal field but how did you get started your interest did you have a childhood experience did something happen later on as an adult
2: I, that's such a hard question. Okay. So, so I have been really into ghosts and aliens and UFOs and Bigfoot since I was like a toddler. Wow. And I, and I don't know why, because as far as I know, you know, nothing happened. Nobody ever told me there was lights over the house and, you know, the, the creatures came in. I don't know why. So I, I, as a child, I loved to read, and I loved to read ghost stories. And um, back then, we had record players, <laughs> remember mm-hmm. those things. Right. And I used to play these um, these ghost stories that were on records and just play them over and over and over again. And oh, my God, I was obsessed with UFOs. Okay. So I, I, I just think it's something that was natural, but I also loved science and nature from a really early age and i'm kind of feeling like i must have sensed that it was all a part of the general you know reality that the, the reality that we see and the one that we don't see and i always thought it was just all the same kind of stuff it was only until later that i learned it wasn't
1: well um and, and, and you know yeah. what and did you ever have any experience that now maybe, you know, sometimes as children, we take things in stride and we don't think it's paranormal. We just, we just think it's okay. Looking back, did yes. you ever have any experiences as a child?
2: Yes. Okay. So three things that come to mind really quickly. One, I re- we had woods behind our house okay. with a, a lake. It was really cool. And I remember looking out, I always used to look for animals. I used to like to think that I was an animal tracker, <laughs> you know, I'm like six. But I remember looking, so there was a fence and then there was the woods, but there were a lot of breaks in the fence so all of us neighborhood kids could go in the woods and down to the lake. And I remember looking and seeing something walking through the woods that I assumed at the time, for some strange reason, was Bigfoot. Now, how the heck did I even know? You know, I must have seen it on some In Search Of or some TV show back in the day. So and then later I had two two very vivid unbelievably vivid dreams that still now today stand out to me as maybe not necessarily being dreams. And one of them I saw a city in the sky. And I know that that's something that a lot of people have actually yes. reported seeing. Well the other one is the is the freakiest one. I must have been about 6 or 7 years old and I dreamed that I was coming down we had a driveway that kind of sloped downward into the garage and i dreamed that i was looking through the garage to the back window and there was sort of a skeleton head looking at me wow. and that stayed with me all my life and i will never forget the first time i ever saw a picture of a gray a gray alien uh-huh i said that that's what was looking at me through the window and wow. now when you know and then i started to even question whether that was a dream or that was something that really happened but i just sort of right. categorized it as a dream so things like that when i was little and then as i got older you know i could sense ghosts i never actually saw one but i could sense them um mm-hmm. i uh in my 20s i saw what i believed to be a unidentified flying object doesn't necessarily mean it's alien but it was something that i okay. had never seen and i was heavily involved in UFO research, even at that age. And then, you know, like I went to the Hotel Del Coronado when I was really young and I remember turning down a hallway that was under construction and I felt like I was going to throw up and then somebody said, Oh, you know, there was a murder down there and blah, blah, blah. So that kind of stuff. What makes me mad is that for an entire life spent researching and writing about this stuff, pretty much, I have never had a direct in your face experience okay it's but, always been like in that shady gray zone where I'm like mm-hmm. okay did that just happen or no maybe right. not <laughs>
1: right yeah and that's the thing because I mean when I was growing up you know I read books and back then really the only one that put out ghost books was Hans Holzer you know he was the one that right you know the go-to guy I mean that was most well known but like I tell everybody and the way you know they have information and multiple uh sources where people now can god you get it everywhere if you're interested in the paranormal or whatever back then you know you and like you said there was that show unexplained uh you know in search of i'm sorry in search of you know those were the shows that finally started coming out with that
2: yeah yeah those great shows you know before all of the ghost hunter and monster hunter and ufo hunter type shows that are on now we had those wonderful shows so obviously, we saw it on t v
1: right and you know? it was like it started <laughs> I want to say that it really started taking off like in the nineties is when it started, and uh yeah it it wasn't you know, and and even I did it in my family as a matter of fact, my family was a very no nonsense family, you know, like that yeah. uh that were you like what you were saying that you say well where where did I get this interest from It's not like you're surrounded by it, you see the adults around you, you know, you just fall into it and um. As you get older you know it just doesn't go away <laughs> but um, yeah no I think it gets worse because yeah.
2: you start to you know you learn more and you so I grew up with a scientist father my father was a geophysicist okay and my mom was like really creative so uh, I got both sides of the coin you know the creative storytelling art kind of mom and then my dad was a scientist but what was really interesting was when I was really little, I learned, you know, my dad was obsessed with UFOs. Now, that's wow. something that maybe I, 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 you know, when I was like three or four or five since, Um, But by the time I was seven or eight, I used to uh, sit in the kitchen when he would have some of his colleagues over. Okay. And they would, you know, these are scientists. These are oceanographers, um, astrophysicists, geophysicists, geologists, mm-hmm. that people that he worked with and knew. And they would all talk about UFOs. And that now that I think back on that, that was pretty mind-blowing. But at the time, it was like I did not know that science and the paranormal, you know, couldn't, couldn't go hand in hand.
1: Right, yeah. It was like a bad word if you were a scientist if you said you
2: yeah, went to the paranormal. It wasn't to them. Although my dad did later say that you didn't talk about those things, mm. you know, in the halls of academia, but they talked about them. Oh personally. right, yeah,
1: exactly. Amongst yeah. people you trusted, which were probably very few yeah. that you would say something like along those lines, because otherwise you would just what be shooting your me- your career in the forget. Oh it.
3: God,
2: yes, yeah, yeah, because your boss might not. Be. <laughs> but yeah. what it proved to me was that they, you know, a lot of scientists uh, really are interested in the paranormal, mm-hmm. but they kind of you know they kind of have to pursue that interest after they do their science research. yes exactly and, exactly uh, but i mean think about it if millions and millions of people over the course of history are having these experiences why would we not think scientists would be interested in finding out what they are and you know where they come from how they manifest if we have anything to do with the manifestation of person of a paranormal phenomena of course they are of, of course they're interested
1: yeah. yeah but then you know you get the science the one of you can't quantify it if you can't reproduce it blah 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 blah, blah. That's the problem. then that's it that's forget the it
2: problem. <laughs> yeah. and it's come on let's face yeah. it
1: everything about the paranormal whether it's UFOs, foes whether it's ghost you know life after death whether it's cryptids come on it's like a lot of theories uh but as far as it is.
2: and it's subjective, subjective experiences that you can't duplicate, you know, in a clinical setting and maybe you can't apply the scientific method to, but I think it's changing. I think a lot more scientists now are saying, Okay, wait a second. Yeah. Maybe this stuff has its own method by which we can study it and and maybe someday even prove how it happens and we might end up finding out that it's Got a lot of science behind it. We just were places or whatever, but yeah, that's been the problem. Well, Except I think also with a lot of the discovery of uh, in
1: physics that they're saying about what's really oh, yeah. there, a lot of them are going hmm. right. Yeah, yep
2: exactly. Could this apply? Yes,
1: and they, it was they, I was funny.
2: Had a conversation the other day with somebody about the um, the reticular activating system, which is a little cluster of nerves at the end of the brain stem mm-hmm. that literally works to filter out everything that your brain is that's coming at your brain which is somewhere in like the vicinity of 40 or 400 million bits of information wow. per minute okay yes. per minute it's some so astronomical number like that mm-hmm. so what the oh. RAS does is it narrows your focus down to a minimum of or maybe 40 and that's all that you can deal with to survive and you know live your right. life so can you imagine all of the other stuff that our brains are not even allowing us to perceive
1: yeah because, because we be our
2: brain exactly and our brain decides that's not really important to me right now i gotta raise three kids you know and work my job yeah. and get yeah, the car yeah,
1: especially yeah. now everybody wants it to multitask that uh. and believe me I mean my degree is I tell everybody's in you know is in human behavior and you know I, I'm a oh, big uh, follower of subconscious <laughs> I'm a behaviorist I, I consider well subconscious behaviorist and as you know that's a good one the, yes. the more than three quarters <laughs> of our mind is really goes into the subconscious was mean yeah like you said we're taking all this information wherever right. it is sight sound but the most of it we shove it because like you said otherwise we'd be like huh and only 12 percent yeah we'd, be, we'd- yeah but it's in there exactly. and that's why people sometimes do things that they themselves don't understand but and I mean yeah. we could go into uh people being in light hypnotic trances we have a lot of subliminal I don't want to say subliminal let me take that back but certain uh beats and even commercials and movies and certain music rhythms will put you into a light hypnotic trance and make you more receptive yeah. and it goes into your subconscious what mind. Blah, blah blah so yes but that we're but being see, bombarded people don't how realize
2: important. it. Huh? But that to me is the That, to me, is the future of paranormal research.
1: Yes. Because for so long,
2: think about like 10, well, even maybe five to 10 years ago, everybody was focused on things like ghost hunting. And -hmm. it was all about external looking for, you know, running around with your equipment, looking for external signals and and data. But now uh, we have to take into account psychology, our, our own human physiology. Mm -hmm. physics and as you said behavioral science because you know if our subconscious is programming the vast majority of what we perceive as reality that means that we're blocking out a huge chunk of reality just because our subconscious decided no you know that's not important to you And, and so all of that stuff we need to take into account and that might explain why you could be standing next to somebody And they see a ghost and you're like huh (laughs) what no i don't see nothing
1: you know (laughs) yeah well this is you know and a lot of it people don't realize that behavior modification anybody that really wants to modify your behavior is really going to go after your subconscious mind not your conscious mind
2: your conscious mind is only what we need
1: to like what we're doing now to drive the car you know make sure you don't get run over (laughs) you across the street (laughs) things like that that's your conscious mind but really who's in the driver's seat of your subconscious mind and if anybody wants to modify yeah, their behavior absolutely. or somebody's trying to modify somebody else's behavior, whether it's an individual or in group, really who they're going to talk to is the person subconscious, because eventually that's really what either for good or bad, whatever. Um,
2: yeah, and yeah, that's what all the power is. That's what's driving your, that's like the gas that's driving your car. Yes. Um, yes. And you know, I think that plays into the paranormal too, because, if you say oh i would love to see a ghost i believe in ghosts but Mm -hmm. subconsciously you don't or you're terrified you could be blocking your own ability to perceive things that are around you so it's just so much more than just the external stuff and i think that that's where we might get some really cool answers if people keep going in that direction
1: you know what in my experience marie some of the most psychic people I know, and what I mean, psychic. Some of them, like you said, they have a mm-hmm. handle on it, and other run away from it in the other direction. Some of them usually right. have a slight problem. Well, different levels of with anxiety. Okay, they're maybe a little bit bordering yeah. on hypervigilance. Be, sometimes having to do nothing with the paranormal, but but that ability, that hypervigilance, is the what part of what makes their brain sometimes pick on stuff that other people from earaches to strep tests there's minute at cvs see a provider fill a prescription and grab essentials or see us online with telehealth options that's healthier made easier visit minute at cvs today services vary by location see minuteclinic.com for details
0: we did it again verizon was just named america's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. Uh, the
1: Yeah and some of them really get that they they wig out they don't want have to have anything to do with the paranormal they don't even want to see people with a mask on so
2: yeah isn't that weird they don't seek publicity or celebrity or or anything like that they're like oh please no no this is just too much it's it's
3: exhausting
1: yes and it is it is and it's i mean it's 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 almost like the people that don't wanna see him are the ones that see him the most. <laughs> and it's because I know, they're...
2: and that's so frustrating. And then I'm sitting here like, Oh, for God's sakes, come on, how many books do I have
1: to write? Yes. You know, or how
2: many <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh, a but lot that, of people sometimes have they have the experience
1: something. and because everybody always wants, you know, like the, 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 the full Monty. Give me a full body apparition. You know, that I would I'll be like be terrified.
2: <laughs> I would be scared. I really I'm being honest with you, I'm probably subconsciously blocking it
3: because I would be
1: terrified. <laughs> sometimes then or or people sometimes they witness things, they see things, but at the moment it doesn't look paranormal. it doesn't appear to be paranormal they think it's normal whatever it is whether they see a person later on it's when they realize hey wait a minute or somebody tells them no that person that," and they're like oh my god that
2: (laughs) yeah and And then and then they question what they saw which makes it even more complicated yes which i imagine wondering oh is that what i really saw maybe not you know
1: exactly which you know a lot of people also the ones that like you said like you were talking about that you thought in childhood when you saw what, what later on you realized was a gray, you know, what's, was that, what's it, did, I, did I see that? Did I dream it? You know, like, what was that exactly? But you did recognize it later on when you, when you saw it, right? As far as that's what I saw when I was a kid.
2: I did. And it also made more sense that it would be a gray than a skeleton head. If it were real, it's like, yeah, well, you know, I would sooner believe that that was a little gray, mm-hmm. um, than a skeleton and the thing is is since childhood i have had recurring ufo dreams and they would go in cycles you know and they would always be the same thing i would be somewhere either with family or friends or out out and about and i would get this awful feeling of like oh my god a foreboding of something awful is going to happen and i'd look up and i'd see something coming you know light getting brighter brighter and in my head in the dream thinking I need to get to safety because if that thing lands, they're coming for me. Now, I have had those. That's a very
1: unusual dream. Think about it.
2: Over and over again for someone who's, who then, and I've also had missing time. But here's the thing. I still, I think I have my dad's sort of scientist skeptic mind because Mm -hmm. I still can't find anything definitive to say, oh, something must have happened maybe it's maybe i only had all those dreams and things because i was fascinated with the subject right. i don't know the chicken or the egg which one came first yes you exactly know? but yeah but it and is this is the thing
1: <laughs> you know contrary to what most people think people in this field sometimes are the worst skeptics <laughs> a lot of skeptics yeah, because you're like yeah. you're constantly questioning come on you know you go through this checklist now it could it be this 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 is before you kind of go in the direction okay this is unexplained or could it be paranormal i
2: don't know i think that might be good though that we kind of keep ourselves in check because the people that i want to punch are the ones that everything is paranormal everything it's like no 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 not everything and then you have the other extreme where nothing is paranormal those are both extremists to me so i think it is good to, to kind of keep yourself in check you know what but also admit when it is something that's beyond your level of explanation.
1: <laughs> I really think that those diehard skeptics, the ones that is like I think that I think those are the ones that hunger for proof more than anybody else. And oh, they just so they're mad that they're, they're hungering really for it, it that they just go in the other direction and say, Forget it, it, doesn't exist and they as a matter of fact they go out of their way to debunk you know people yeah, in that field I agree with
2: you it's a weird yeah it's a weird psychological thing i agree with yeah. you and i, mean, I think um, yeah and i think a lot of them become so attached to their skepticism that then there it's hard for them to let go of it when they do experience something that doesn't match with that you know it's like yes people yes. know that i'm such a skeptic i can't admit you know that i that i didn't understand this <laughs> so
1: yeah right exactly exactly and you know that you were talking about the UFOs, and that you know, back in December, they kind of admitted finally that there was a program that was being funded for in the, what's called UFOs, whether they're out right, of off yeah. planet or this planet origins. That which was that was the first time that we had ever had any type of admission along those lines. And, um, and yeah,
2: and to me, it's like big deal. I knew that. <laughs> I know. To me, it was like.
1: And everybody, and, some, and I've said this before in other shows, I say, you know, everybody, you know, you know, like, let's say the X-Files, that not only does, let's say the government knows they've got this huge, you know, thing going on with the with the extraterrestrials. And I'm thinking, I think sometimes people don't realize that maybe they're holding back on telling the public at large because they're afraid to admit of how much they don't know. Because I think people would really wig out. Oh, I love that. If,
2: Absolutely. That's one of my they that tell them yeah on disclosure
1: we yeah, yeah. We, we we've got There's... proof but you know of course everybody's gonna say who are they what are they where are they from what do they want we don't know we don't know we don't know we don't know I think people would yeah. be what we what do you know. mean you don't know
2: <laughs> they would go nuts because that would be an admission that we know they're out here but we don't have any control
1: yes <laughs> sorry and people everybody... you're on your own <laughs> Everybody's always banking on that, oh, that we've known for years, and that we've got, like, we're in yeah. good, and they've given us technology, and, and that. And I'm exactly. thinking, you know what, I don't care, I'd be more scared if my government, my leaders turn around and say, or admit, yes, we've been visited, and all these, maybe these sightings are, you know, UFOs that are not man-made, as in from this planet, and then... right every question that comes after that is we don't know do they want to hurt us we don't know are they friendly we don't know do they have a cookbook we don't know know. (laughs) you know like the the twilight zone show
2: it is and not to mention the fact that even if they came out and said yes they're friendly you still have half the population that would think the government is lying right yeah they're lying to us (laughs) so yeah i just to me that's something that I think about it all the time, it's like, how would it maybe play out? It, it, there, it's a, it's a no-win situation, no matter how you do it. If you come on TV and say, we know everything, there are enemies, panic. If you come on TV and say, we know they're there, but we don't know very much, panic. If you come on TV and say, we know they're there and they seem friendly, panic, because right. people are going to believe it or perceive it the way that they are you know that their behavior dictates so somebody may say that's wonderful they're our friends and then you'd have the guy next to them saying it's all a conspiracy the government isn't telling us the truth they're really reptilians and you know they're going to kill us so oh my god they can't win they probably are like we are never going to go on tv with full disclosure because look at what happens when a City wins a basketball playoff. People riot. Can you imagine? Yes. The rioting and uprising because you'd have the religious folk wanting to know if they believe in God and or Jesus or Buddha or Allah or
1: what. Or are they atheists? Yeah. People don't realize uh, that you know, and and I'm sure you remember. Back in 1999, when they were coming out with all these end of the world movies, it was Armageddon and what was it, Impact? <laughs> yeah, deep impact, And there was, yeah. oh, the one with the meteor that in one of the yeah. scenes, Morgan I Freeman <laughs> is, uh, they don't want to disclose it because deep they're afraid impact. the economy is going to fall apart because people are just going right. to stop doing everything. And I think and
2: that movie, everybody died in the end. I, that was creepy. Oh, I know. It was like unless
1: unless you were one of the lucky few and got to the top of the mountain, or you were I special. To, that's yeah. it. You're out of luck. Exactly. I'll tell you this much, because of my age, I'd have been like, oh shit. <laughs> I'd be like, I know. I'd be I'm like, done. You I'm know I'm what?
2: Forget it. I had a good run.
1: <laughs> right, and it's like, but but the thing is that there was that one scene where. You know, the earth is facing annihilation, but they're refusing to tell the public because they think the society will come to a grinding halt and everybody will stop. It'll be like every man for himself. It'll be everybody wild. And yeah. I don't think, I mean, obviously, annihilation of the earth is much worse. But I think that if it, if they ever admitted of how much how little they know versus what they don't know, are there right. more than one kind uh, we don't know? I think people right. would just what do they want wig want out. That?
3: They would, yeah. I mean,
2: I would too, even though I like to say, oh, I can't wait. You know, I know they're there. It wouldn't be a big deal to me. Oh my God, of course it would. Because then you just start asking questions of yourself. You start yeah. doubting your whole life. You start doubting your whole identity. You wonder, if my kid, are my kids going to be protected? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Can I go to the grocery store, you know, without getting zapped? Your whole life would be yes totally upended yes even if you thought you wanted to hear
1: that (laughs) well I I think that kind of you know how they say well you know we've been acclimated via Hollywood for the you know you know in other words back in the 50s and the 60s we had all the cold war movies but now afterwards when we had all these you know movies that are Mm. like it's okay it's okay I still think that we all have that fantasy that everything will be taken care of, and if that ever became reality, I see a we lot flip. of people would not be we able to handle. It. Yeah, yeah,
2: because you know, watching a movie is still that's a vicarious experience, and you can still you're still separated from it enough to not freak out. But if it's like looking out your window and seeing it, uh, yeah, I think
3: it's gonna be. A
1: little bit well, different. and and uh Stephen Hawking may he rest in peace you know that last little snippet that he did like yeah we'd be at the short end of the stick because technologically obviously we're inferior and that that usually doesn't bode well for for people (laughs) yeah really I'm sure everybody'd be like oh I mean it's it's I think it's exciting and I definitely think that obviously there is you know extraterrestrials off planet whether they're interdimensional from outer space who knows if there's more than one um the other what was it the other day i was listening to a theory that they believe that there's even more than one and that they have basically they're warring against each other and we're caught in the middle and i mean i know there's a lot of theories going out there but yeah yeah
2: at the end of the day and any of those yeah,
1: any of those and all of those could be true. That's just yeah. so
2: scary.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
2: Is that they could all be true? Yeah.
1: And so. um, Marie, well, and and I see. I mean, obviously, besides the the UFOs, I see that you wrote a book about demons and fallen angels. Oh. Uh. <laughs>
2: yeah and I gotta tell you that was actually one of the most enlightening experiences really um i, I had a pub- the publisher asked me to write about the subject, and I thought, uh, with Larry Flaxman, who I've written a number of books with, and I wasn't real keen on doing it just because you know it's, it's kind of creepy mm-hmm. but I said, all right, I'll take it on. I like a good challenge, and we did a lot of research, and it ended up being a really fascinating learning experience because. When you look at the history of these ideas, idea the concept of evil of devils and demons, angels and you know, good versus bad and duality and all of that, and you look at the origins of all of it, you get a much different appreciation and understanding than just by looking at demons today, like in the movies, you know, or right. with the church and exorcism. It's such a limited viewpoint and it took away a lot of the fear, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. It, but, it, you know, it is funny because the book is so full of information that we found, but people are reluctant to buy it and read it because of that sort of stigma. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want demons to visit me if I start reading it. Well, right. Sorry. Like I didn't do anything when I was writing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, And also, oh, I know they're bad. Well, no, not necessarily. Learn about what the Catholic Church had to do with how we perceive these ideas, how they created a lot of the evil connotations to, like, witches and, you know, um, shamans and all that, and how everything was demonic to people that didn't understand that nature could kill you with a volcano or an earthquake and it wasn't a demon it was just you know so all of this stuff it's a fantastic book that totally changed my perception and perspective and opened my eyes um to you know where this the whole good versus evil where it started and how it just got so evolved into what we have today the more religious connotations
1: well and people you know i i know you know like i'm gonna blame hollywood again you know that's why a lot of times we get like a certain idea of when they use, you use that fallen angel or the demon those words you know but right. you know, that i mean there's a lot of references to whether you want to call them demons for lack of a better words pre pre-judeo-christian uh, uh you know civilizations or writings i mean there's a most uh ancient civilizations had reference to it whether like you said it was tied into something inexplicable as far as nature or truthfully um something that was malevolent you know right. well, whether it was human bad. or non human
2: yeah yeah if you know and it's just bizarre that where this began is well primitive humans categorized everything that happened to them as either being beneficial to their survival or detrimental to their survival and then over time that evolved into good versus bad or good versus evil and that became god versus devil
3: you exactly. know because they
2: want they needed a sort of symbolic representation of that concept and it just really evolved from there and it's really fascinating because this, this is our history as human beings it's not just You know, do you believe in demons or not? I mean, this goes way beyond that. It's really, really cool to look at the history of of humanity and how these ideas all came about, Um, you know, and a lot of it started in really simple ways with this is good, that's bad.
1: Right, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, cause and effect. Cause and effect. Um, uh, The other day I was um, looking at these specials that they were doing about the mayans and the the aztecs you know they they had some you know a lot of human sacrifice some more than others i know the mayans were yeah they were killing they everybody were, yeah. but and others would only do it when they had stuff like drought famine yeah it was yeah pestilence it, had a, it was like a special occasion <laughs> right like like exactly like okay we need to appease the gods because we've something's going on <laughs> Or in you know right. in some cases um, <laughs> ritual you know killings of enemies you know have prisoners in other words, and then others yeah, yeah. they would do it as part of their religious, based even the ones that did it a lot it was always to appease, the gods, Different or ones. to keep you know yeah. having bountiful harvest. I, yeah. I mean I wouldn't right. have wanted to be around at that time. But um, it all depends on your perspective on or the understanding of that civilization as to what's good, what's bad. Oh, yeah. And uh, well, because,
3: yeah, if you think
2: about it, the Mayans, they didn't they didn't think that they were being evil. When they know somebody into a volcano or what have you, they no. thought they were doing something good. We perceive it as evil because somebody died because you didn't understand the science behind the natural world. You know that volcano was not attacking your tribe that volcano was doing it, so they don't understand how the earth worked or they didn't right. until you know more scientific understanding came along right. but so to them it was like no 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 we're trying to save the the tribe we're trying to save everybody and right yeah exactly
1: exactly and when they did it even when things weren't bad they were doing it to ensure that things stayed good
2: uh, Same good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, hey, we're going to have enough rain and we're going to be able to grow our <clears> crops and everything will be good or it, it, things. Are, it, and it wasn't, you know, yeah, it was like I said, it depends on your understanding of um, I mean, I could up to a certain point you understand, let's say when they kill prisoners, that's that's war, you know, they had these wars. But as far as uh, the ritualistic sacrifice, most of the, no, well, I want to say all the time it was tied in somehow to either fertility rights or trying to keep the gods happy, you know, they thought of blood as being very special, and but of course we look at yeah. it with our present day moderns, you know, and we're like, huh? Right, right. <laughs> I
2: don't. Did, like... did they really do that? Well, that was their level of their knowledge at the time. Exactly. They honestly thought, I better, we better make the god of that volcano happy so he doesn't blow his up again. Right. I mean, and, and like you said, you have to look at it from their viewpoint not ours today in modern society
1: well and and this is the thing that and, and you mentioned it earlier as far as like you know like in the ghostbusters don't cross the streams when it comes let's say to the paranormal and science for all that they had they were great astronomers they were great builders as far as the science i mean you know they didn't have all the modern machinery. They say that we have nowadays, and they no, they built like a lot of these ancient civilizations. They built huge uh, buildings, and then of course from that we can go into. Did they have help from extraterrestrials? And the aliens. Yeah,
2: isn't that, yeah? Because isn't that weird how they could be so advanced on on this but so behind on this? You know, so that that is kind of you know does kind of make you think. Well, did they? have help with the with the real high-tech stuff because if we look at the fact that they're still sacrificing people that
1: means that they're not as advanced a civilization as we thought they were um but yeah that's definitely true right that they as a matter of fact not too long ago they discovered other drawings in Nazca in Peru you know they had those they found some smaller ones that now you know of course with this wonderful google satellite the that they could oh, see I know,
2: right? <laughs> like... in South Dakota. We're looking forward to exploring new roads and wide open spaces. When you're ready to travel, go great places. Learn more at TravelSouthDakota.com.
0: We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks.
1: Yeah. Well, they found some that they hadn't been able to before because of the way and they were a little bit smaller and, of course, because of how much time. So they kind of saw it from the satellite and then they sent out teams and they kind of found that they have a, a bunch of other drawings out there in Nazca, And again, you ask yourself, yeah. what is a civilization doing <laughs> these drawings from something obviously you can only see from space or right. from very elevated altitude?
2: It's like, yeah, what's the point of that? And how would you even know that you got the drawing right? Right. How do you know it looks like something unless you could see? And I remember reading, oh, you know, they had these outcroppings that they could stand on that were like a million miles away and they still weren't high enough. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. That that might be reaching. And again, even if they had some big outcropping that they could see, Mm -hmm. why were they doing it? Just so yes. they could go up on their outcropping and look at the pretty picture they made. I'm pretty sure they had more important things to worry about yes. than just drawing pretty meaningless pictures, like surviving, surviving, so survival. And, yes. Yeah, and that's the thing for a civilization at that time to put in that time and effort. Yes, that has to be important to them enough to do it.
1: Right, the manpower that you have, would have to divert, yeah. whether right. from hunting or agriculture or war for a, lot, a long time yeah. because yeah oh let's go draw some pictures <laughs> right like it's sure. all we have nothing better to do let's go out Sunday and uh you know <laughs> or the next yeah. holiday let's just draw some lines no it's like let's
2: draw some lines so someday people will look at them and we'll think look at them. you know the aliens
1: <laughs> exactly exactly that's pretty funny I mean we could go into uh. that um also the fact that you know, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, all these um, different civilizations that did a version of the pyramid building, you know, whether it was of right. course e- Egypt or the Mayans or Angkor you know, they all have that same idea. And even I think it was, I want to say it was the Incas where they found those, you know, even when they did sacrifices, they would put them up at the right. very highest point of the mountain point, it's almost yeah. like this is as close as we can get to the heavens
2: to god right as god an, god an offering body. yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. yeah they're the pyramids they have them in the koreas mm-hmm. north and south korea they found them in cambodia in bolivia they're all over the world yes so that must mean something um, of course and again that they took the time out of their survival skills to build those things it couldn't have been easy you know either somebody built them for them or they really thought this is important we have to build these
1: i'm they a lot of them. most engineers nowadays they really haven't really given a good explanation as to how they did it uh considering you know these different civilizations at different times whether some of them didn't even have, like, for example, like over there in Mesoamerica, they didn't have pack animals. They didn't have.
3: So
2: it's like, uh, same thing. Yeah, this kind of pulley system. I mean, I like how they are trying, but they will really reach, you know, with their possible explanations. Like, well, it took, you know, you you could do it with 200,000 people. It's like, really? Really, you think that's how it was done, and it would take 20 years. Right. You know, why? Again, ask yourself why. First of all, if that yes. was how it was built, it must have been awfully dang important to somebody to build that yes. thing. It must have had an incredible meaning or purpose. Yes. And pretty much, I think you would find proof of 20 years of time passage in the dirt, the sediment, the rock, whatever that would would lead to that theory. So, yeah, it's really funny, because I mean, there are people that will say, oh, they know the pyramids were built by humans. Well, how do you know that? Well, there was some TV show that said it was, oh, (laughs) okay, good, I'm glad that's how you're defining reality by,
1: you know,
2: I saw it on the TV show.
1: (laughs) Because you know what, I mean, don't get me wrong, but back then, you know, if manpower was important as far as, you know, for civilization, they needed their populace yeah, to be doing defense. something. Right. It yeah. wasn't as like die. here nowadays.
2: Out to die, out making you a pyramid when you might be yes. going to war with another nation or tribe
1: soon. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And a lot of people, and if we go down that rabbit hole, and then you think about, and it makes you wonder if, you know, let's say we're thinking, okay, where was there interpretation of gods were was it visitations from aliens again fallen right. angels or demonic beings were they also aliens but the ones that maybe were not so friendly we could look at yeah. it also maybe, that yeah. way um,
2: were they mistaken aliens for angels because they came from the sky yes or exactly. were they mistaking you know cryptozoological creatures mm-hmm. for demons because they you know had red glowing eyes and we're not really friendly so yeah we have to ask ourselves that too
1: right you know whether it's you know are we talking uh a rip between dimensions parallel worlds i mean that that right there because you know I, i tell everybody you know everybody of course looks to the heavens as far as extraterrestrial or life from another universe but what if really the way they get from point a to point b is Via dimensional, you know, some obviously something we don't know how to do or understand.
2: Well, yeah, and I mean, that's pure physics and it makes a hell of a lot more sense than them coming from another planet, you know, out yes. there. in the Because a, and a lot of the UFO sightings, in fact, probably I, I don't know if I would say a majority of them, but a good chunk of UFO sightings don't sound like a physical object that came flying across the sky and then flew off. Mm -hmm. People will say it just appeared in the sky and then it vanished, you know, as if it were coming from another dimension, a parallel universe, another timeline or reality where just for a few seconds we got a glimpse of it before it. And and sometimes people will say things like, you know, there was my husband and I were walking our dog and we smelled sulfur and there was like an electric sort of static in our Hair on our arms was standing on end, and it just everything felt a little disoriented. Then the whatever appeared and it kind of flickered in and out of vision, like it was being projected from like a movie projector. Mm-hmm. And then it vanished. So that's not like a solid Bigfoot creature who runs out of the forest. Hi, you know, here I am, and then runs back in. Right. There's some other stuff going on there. So, right. yeah, it could be anything. I, and think, I think that applies for some different types of ghost sightings too <clears throat> you right. know some people say oh, the ghost appeared almost solid and it interacted with me and then sometimes it just sort of floats on by and it doesn't even notice that you're looking at exactly. it
1: exactly or you hear or, or you know you have like the smells or things of something that was being done and it's almost like uh you're witnessing it what whatever daily life maybe was very repetitive yeah, it's almost like it's happening at the exactly. same time in your same timeline and they kind of cross.
2: Yeah, it's like déjà vu. That's what I think déjà yes. vu is. Yes. You're experiencing yourself in another timeline or or reality or universe that is just a little tiny bit off sync from this one and mm-hmm. and it's just for a few seconds.
1: Right, and the and the, and I know that there's there's uh theories out there that people say, well, you know, when there's a spike sometimes in UFO sightings, there's a spike in sightings of either Bigfoot or other cryptids, and they try to link them yeah. up. And I'm thinking, you know what, maybe that, maybe, when, he, this is Marlene's theory going out there, but here we go. Maybe when these extraterrestrials uh, do a maybe a, a rip or a tear or a slide or whatever it is that they do from one dimension, other things pop in and out, take the opportunity. Yeah to come through (laughs) you know
2: we're gonna open a wormhole whoever wants to come visit Earth, you know Will only be open
3: for three days
2: and as silly as that sounds that it makes a whole lot of sense
3: like open
2: that that doorway and they're not going to be the only things coming through and
3: possibly
2: uh, you know things are going out like you know you always wonder with all these missing persons and People that disappear in the woods or whatever and never, ever locate any remains or anything. <clears throat> you know, missing animals. People that have time slips. Are they going in and out of that same doorway? Some of them come back, some don't. Some of them a triangle. So, yeah. I mean, I think they're is a good ones because I would think the same thing. It's like the timing is right. We're opening the door. You know, it's like when you, um, on Black Friday, when
1: you go shopping, and they open the door and everybody floods in. Yeah, exactly. Hey, well, maybe on the other side of whatever it is, after a while, they (laughs) learn, hey, whenever one of those things with the lights come through, (laughs) you know, it's like, (laughs) jump through.
2: Yeah, I mean. I mean, doesn't that make sense to explain? I think even ghost sightings go up. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's like if the opportunity is there, Physically for that stuff to come through, then yes. it would be more than just one type of phenomenon, right? So or I think that's cool,
1: <laughs> right? Or the you know you've heard of all these you know the, the many years ago or hundreds of years ago we're telling you where you know where a certain town or part will say they kind of seen some cryptid and they'll see it for five six seven months and then all of a sudden the sighting stops. And oh, Mothman. Yeah. Right, Mothman, other weird stuff, and it just as suddenly as it comes and it stops. And you have a bunch of people that are saying, We saw it, we saw this, we saw this. Yeah. And why not? Why couldn't it be something along that just came over this side and um for all we know, even the even the extraterrestrials might be saying, Get that thing back in here <laughs> because yeah, it shouldn't have gone over there? <laughs>
2: It's like when you open up a corral and all the horses yeah, get like, out. You know, oh, like, my no, God. No, I only
1: wanted those two. <laughs> Wait, the humans aren't ready for this. Go get it quick. Bring exactly. it back. And, I mean, you know, yeah, we can't control those crazy
2: black-eyed kids. Get them back in here. But I, I, I really think that if we haven't been able to explain it in light of just being physical objects that exist on our planet, there's a whole universe out there. We're told there's parallel universes. We're told there's other dimensions, possibly other alternate timelines. Why could this, a lot of this stuff, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it, comes from those places? And that's why it's not consistent. You know, it's like, well, I see a ghost every day, and he lives next door. But it's not consistent like that. It doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen at the same time, unless it's a weird imprint type of ghost. Um, it's so erratic and inconsistent that you have to look beyond something that, you know, it lives out in the woods and you've got a million people chasing after it and they still can't find the dang thing. Well, maybe it runs in the woods and then it goes up its little vortex into the reality that it's from. I mean, we
1: assume Bigfoot is physical. We really don't know that. Well, I can. The only thing I can say, as far as all of this is concerned, is that you have to have an open mind about the possibility. Yes. Uh,
3: yes. Yes. <laughs> I know that a lot of it
1: sounds like, but anything is possible because we don't have proof. We don't have proof for, but we don't have proof contrary.
2: Exactly. So. Yeah, and you can't. And no longer can we just say. Ghosts are the essence of a dead person because right. we don't know now. There are so many different types of ghost sightings yes. that there might be eight or nine different explanations.
1: Sure. Yeah, we we really don't know. Is it? Do we just exist because now we don't have a human body, but we're self-aware and our consciousness exists on another level, where human, where you don't need a human body to exist anymore, but right. you know, you're still self-aware. I mean, ugh, the possibilities are endless, and unless you're on the other side, you won't ever know. But um,
2: it's one that of those things count. like I guess I'll
1: find out when I get there. I mean, even though I'm not in no hurry to get there. I
2: hope there. so. Wouldn't it be funny? Yeah, you you die and then there's like a whole another set of questions that like okay now we got to figure out what this
1: is about. Exactly, exactly. Like everybody said, like who's who said that? <laughs> you were like, what's that rest in peace part about? I don't. Think
2: i know now i got a whole new set of paranormal phenomena to
1: deal with <laughs> and maria i'm gonna ask you, I see you wrote a book called super volcano and that when i looked at that i was just thinking about what's going on in hawaii that they've got those eruptions yeah. oh, and yeah. <laughs> i was i was watching a clip of this these lava things shooting up in the air right next to somebody's yard and i'd be like
2: who's living there hello can you believe it and those people are like yeah it happens all the time and they always go back and the lava the lava is like creeping up on their house you know and they only have maybe a couple hours to evacuate i would seriously not live there but i guess hawaii is so beautiful people just you know they i think they put up with it like i live in San Diego, we put up with earthquakes and wildfires and people that live in the Midwest put up with tornadoes, and you know, hurricanes,
1: blizzards, whatnot. So, but it is, and yeah, and that's a very small volcano compared to a super
2: volcano. So, well, they were, but um, even that you could see the
1: damage. Yeah, but they were saying also that they have to worry about these uh, basically poison gases that come oh, out. Oh, yeah. The sulfuric gases. Yeah, exactly.
2: And people don't realize that. You have a bunch of tourists that, oh, let's go see the lava. Let's go. Let's see how close we can get. And they have no idea they're
1: exposing themselves to toxic gases. Let me ask you, is there a tornado chaser? (laughs) I mean, everybody tells me hurricanes. I say, you know what? At the very least, in a hurricane, they give you fair warning. And you can either get your stuff and leave and go to the state and just come back and deal with what, ever is here flooding. or the flooding
2: debris
1: yeah yeah or you stay here I mean I was born and raised in Miami so I've been through a bunch of hurricanes some worse than others but at, at the very least it's something that you can have choices about but right, uh, you know and the volcanoes happening? I take yeah. it the same thing you know if there's enough heads up that you get but I was looking at oh, this clips do you um yeah and, you get- is there any truth that they were saying that at some point that california is going to have another big earthquake like they had i know oh, they absolutely.
3: had absolutely
2: That yeah that was my dad my dad was a geophysicist and okay. his background was seismology earthquakes volcanoes absolutely we're we're sitting on one of the biggest faults in the country that has been ready to to break in various parts for a long long time nobody can quite say that's the bad thing about earthquakes is any lead time you get is going to be just a matter of seconds. Yes. Um, but so it's something that we live with every day. Right. And yeah. It's either going to happen down here where I'm like at the southern part of Southern California mm-hmm. or a little bit closer to Central California. Now, here's the problem with the San Andreas Fault. The San Andreas Fault is linked, te- tectonically linked. hmm to the uh, Long Valley Caldera, which is a supervolcano. And it is a supervolcano that has the capacity of being almost as big as Yellowstone if Yellowstone were to completely uh, super erupt. But the thing about Yellowstone is it's not tectonically linked to a massive fault line. So if we had an 8.0 earthquake on the Southern San Andreas Fault, it could it could and my dad and i wrote about this in super volcano it could trigger a super eruption at long valley could not you know not positive but that possibility is if the research there's some research that shows that it possibly could do that that's really scary but you know what an asteroid could enter the atmosphere very quickly and and hit us and it's just like you got to just live your life be prepared oh, absolutely
1: absolutely yeah but you know what i'm it, it, more afraid of tornadoes those things oh yeah no. Out of me I, because one time as a matter of they're fact
2: just wicked
1: i was one time we were this was back in the 80s we me and my my husband we went took we took a trip you know cross country in our little Chevy van up to Yellowstone and we were heading east and we went to the Dakotas and this kid, he wasn't watching what he was doing. He bumped us in the back, and we got off, and we're like, and he's, like, looking at us, like, all wigged down. He's like, don't you hear that? We're like, you hear know what? We, we realize he's sorry. He goes, there's a tornado coming. And we're like, huh? And he oh goes, just God, just go to that don't store. Worry. Don't worry. And we see people running, running into, like, stores oh. and things. And we, me and him are like, what? <laughs> and we oh. followed over there. We got in there. It was, like, a little 7-Eleven kind of store.
3: yeah.
1: And that was a big deal. And we were like the two dumbasses. <laughs> like, That's stop, scary. you just hit our <laughs> I mean, you know, you think about a tornado, and you can kind of see
2: where it's coming, where it's going. But uh, like a, hur- a hurricane or an earthquake yeah. or a super volcanic eruption, they're more widespread. But tornadoes scare me because if, if, they, if, if you can't get away and they change direction, I don't know, there's just something really terrifying to me about a tornado I think just the way it looks you know that idea that if you can't get out of the way or it changes direction it's, you're gonna get sucked up into this vortex and thrown 20 miles away they're just so intimidating to me um, people that live in tornado alley and deal with them all the time I don't tell know how you,
1: do it. you I, know, th- that's crazy. I think that um, that and the fear that you would let's say you like you said you're living your life and somebody's at work and your kids are at school and something happens and you have no idea yeah. if they're okay. Uh that I, I don't know if I could deal with that because that right there of like Yeah,
2: that's the hard part. People need to know what to do and well, and how to prepare and how to communicate if cell phones you know, cell phone towers go down and all that stuff. No,
1: let me tell you something. They I've sure realized that scary. that <laughs> people don't realize that with something like that happens, your cell is basically useless nine times out of ten. Yeah it's exactly. everybody thinks that it, it it doesn't work either because the 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 there's too many people calling or the, everything is down and it just doesn't oh, work
2: yeah everybody's trying to call somebody and say are you okay or, or i'm okay you know, and yeah. don't worry about me yeah crazy yeah it's like uh
1: and and that was another thing that i was like i, I read a short little blurb that uh, like you were talking about how sometimes when you have, when they had that, what's going on, and, and I have no idea if it's connected, you know, with what's going on in Hawaii, but then they had a real short little tremor close to New Orleans, like a really rare, and I was like, New Orleans? Right.
2: What? Yeah, you know. I lot it. of It's from fracking, too. I mean, it's definitely related to fracking, and Oklahoma, uh, you know, there's a, a huge fault line nearby, but it's not active. Uh, right. But they're having a lot of smaller, it, it, so it, you know what, no matter where you are, there's, yeah, there's, there's always something that you got to deal with and worry about. People say, oh, I'll move to Florida. Um, hello, hurricanes. Yeah, and let me tell you something, <laughs> oh, and a lot Montana, of people don't realize, lizards.
1: yeah. like a lot of people, yeah. unless you live all the way up in northern Florida, since we're a peninsula, if you decide you're going to leave, guess what, those highways become jammed really quick, and it's a long state to get yeah. out of. So unless you're it really close is, to the Georgia yeah. state line, you're going to be sitting in traffic <gasps> on the way out of here. If Can you know
2: that's probably Yeah, I mean, that's scary. That means that's going to be where most of the bad stuff is going to happen will be while wow. you're sitting trying to get out. You know, uh, it's I
1: mean, scary. I've been through some really bad hurricanes. Like you said, after a while, it's like nobody likes to think about it because that's how, how us humans, you know, we we function and. Um, yeah. And that's the thing and you made good reference to it even nowadays can you imagine when we're talking ancient civilizations when they were faced with these catastrophes that you know they didn't have the the benefit of science to explain hey you know
2: right they didn't know yeah there must be a god and he's angry at us because yeah, there's all that red do? hot lava coming exactly. out exactly yeah exactly
1: quick sacrifice <laughs> some virgins yes they gotta be virgins. <laughs> if you can find them yeah exactly whatever <laughs> just like, because yeah it's like yeah that's the, the oh. yeah i was like yeah you better lose your virginity quick <laughs> but yeah, <really. laughs> oh, but yeah the, the, the people don't realize that um i i think personally and i tell everybody personally i think the paranormal everybody sometimes thinks paranormal is just ghosts to me paranormal is ghost or the existence of what happens to us after death it encompasses yeah i mean UFOs, anything that's not normal right cryptids, <laughs> you know uh, everything that's out there and um you know some people will say well as be- we become more technologically advanced uh and, th- and that's another thing now we got the specter sometime that we have of ai you know as in the terminator skynet thing going on it's like we we love to make up things that are going to you know basically do yeah, away with us yeah, we
2: like to think about that stuff
1: <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> as it, depressing but, as it is yeah that 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 they say you know as become as our technology advances we we want we still want mystery or the unexplained and things like that and um i mean we could we could go on and on and you're like okay well does ai when does it become sentient will it become sentient and then Again. Yeah,
2: then we got to worry about that, right? That's <laughs> like, oh, God, then we got to worry about robots and stuff taking
1: over. Yeah, it's like, yeah, let's like, <clears throat> all right, we're uh, we're we're having, yeah, we're, we, we've got good imaginations. And I tell everybody, you know what? I understand. Hey, I wouldn't mind if robots did all the drudge work that humans have to do, that mind-numbing stuff. But yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, I'd be like, you know, wow what if let's face it what if I'm on the let's say on the short end of the stick or something like that? I mean it's like there's always a, a downside to too much automation I guess I'm still I guess I, I can't deny I was born in the 20th century <laughs>
3: so, and then
2: you know yeah it's a different mindset than these young people today
1: well yeah you know it's like um let's face it we've seen a lot of God, I tell everybody. God, once upon a time, I I had a daytimer. <laughs>
2: yeah, know? exactly. And I ran my life pager. out of a
1: daytimer, and uh, and then I got a beeper. <laughs> so it was this thing of Isn't this phone something. thing that now people can't live without their phones. That was hey, I didn't have to worry about. We did things. just fine. We did just fine without
2: yeah. these phones, you
1: know. And
2: now we're blue, Tim too. So we can't. I guess we can't complain too much. <laughs>
1: I have my, my, my I have my own theories that uh, we we because we have to be instantly available whether it's emails or phones I think that's up to stress level but you know sometimes yeah. it's better oh, just nobody people who are patient they called you nobody was home they'd call later or they sent you something in the mail
2: yeah or leave a ma- and, and then then we have the ability to leave a message and now yes. it's just like exactly. and now it's like the second I turn my phone on people start messaging me because I guess yes on. Facebook or something they can see that I'm on Mm -hmm. my phone it's like are you serious can I have my coffee
1: first right exactly yeah and even yeah even I I, the most the ones I get it from my kids are adults but you know they don't live with me but I'm still supposed to be like the 24-7 like mom why didn't you pick up the phone I was taking a shower you know I do take a shower every day and I don't take the phone in there with me you know they're
2: like (laughs) That's eventually their phones are just, I think, going to be built in as a chip in the brain yeah, so I you mean, don't have to, you know, worry about not having it in the shower.
1: <laughs> I know. God, God forbid. Don't even say that. Don't even say that because I know pretty it. soon, you know? I know. But anyway, Marie, I would like to thank you so, so much for spending this time. It has been great to speak to you because it has been a blast you've delved into all those areas which delight the paranormal enthusiasts you know all those wonderful like oh they're not dark corners anymore (laughs) they're kind of they're not that dark (laughs) but like i said (laughs) you know what i'm sure there's a lot of mysteries yet that we have to experience because like everything else once you make a discovery then there's something else out there that you realize you as humans we don't know about or we don't understand so god yeah it's uh, it's an exciting time to be alive, regardless of it is. I, I how many agree. unknown yeah. things are out there. So again, thank you so so much for spending this time. You have been wonderful, and I will. Uh, let me ask you: Do you have any uh, any books right now? Any projects that you're working on?
2: I do. You're gonna laugh, but in September. <laughs> I have a disaster survival guide coming out from Visible Ink Press.
1: Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> <Because> I'm,
2: actually, <laughs> I'm actually trained um, through Red Cross and FEMA and CERT uh, programs in all of that stuff. And then I'm working on for early next year, a book called Celebrity Ghosts and Notorious Hauntings. Which really? Is really, really fun. Famous oh, my ghosts, God. Famous locations, notorious you know, axe murder homes and anything that has a reputation for being really well known and, and uh-huh. it's going to be a really fun guy. Oh, yes. So those are the two things.
1: Yeah. Wow. That'll be out next year, I think next spring. So you've yeah. got a lot of things. Oh, and by the way, now that you said that thing about preparations for disasters, down here, uh-huh. this last disaster that you know that we had a shortage red cross volunteer they didn't show up you know that they they show up like when they open up the 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 shelters and stuff the shelters
3: yeah
2: they didn't
1: have any red cross the volunteers. Oh, oh, they're probably all like spreading up. well like to
2: hawaii that's what but people don't what? understand I
1: mean, that no, when it was like something like guess what right. those volunteers if they live in that area they've got their own things to think about
2: their families yeah see that's what a robot would come in handy emergency yeah because yeah, if there's a bigger emergency they get they'll get asked to go to that and people don't understand you know something really bad happens and you're not trained yourself don't be depending on anybody else to save you because they may be dead no. or they may be taking care of their own families or they just can't get to you through the rubble or no. fire or whatever and so, let me tell you something yeah I'm I, I'm This is
1: people don't realize, you know, because you know what happened in Florida during the fall was right after Harvey in Texas, and a lot of the resources of the country, as far as FEMA and all that stuff, went out there because it was catastrophic. they were already tapped out. Yeah, and people don't realize that here, even here, normally, like I said, I've lived here, so I've been through a lot of experiences. Normally, you know, you would have, I mean, you would have had uh, gasoline trucks coming into. we didn't have gasoline and i know that was because most of them were still they were still working on the aftermath of harvey and yeah. um people don't realize exactly like what you said that we are so um used to having things taken you know somebody's gonna help up the calvary's going to show up that if yeah. you have a couple of yes. things back to back
2: they'll come and help you yeah exactly there is not going to be 9 one the phones won't no, work you know unless no. you have on the ham radio or whatever yeah i agree people just are, have gotten lazy
1: yes it was like a, a it was like either. a real eye opener people don't realize that if we god forbid and i wouldn't ever want that but if we have like back-to-back catastrophes or emergencies national emergencies Whoever comes in we're, second, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in trouble. Yeah, it's like, exactly. hey, you better. Let me tell you something. What saved the day in our household was our gas barbecue. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. It was like, you. that's what. Really? Kept yeah.
1: That. So, but yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. But again, thank you. And I look forward to seeing what's coming up. as also with that paranormal show because I'm always an enthusiast. And oh, I'm always well, looking thank for, you. like I tell them I've seen with paranormal shows, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm always looking for the good, always looking for the good.
2: Well, that sounds good. I'll have to come back on when the Celebrity goes. out. Absolutely. Comes up. Yes, That'll be a blast yes, yes, yes. I about. would
1: love to see that.
2: That'll be fun.
1: <laughs> okay, Marie. Thank you so much, darling. You've been wonderful.
2: Thank you. Take care.
1: Bye-bye. Likewise. Bye-bye. Oh, guys. Isn't she wonderful? How did... <laughs> I don't know. She's going to be doing that project. Is it coincidence or what? About... You know preparedness for emergencies i want to tell you something i know everybody here is into paranormal and and uh the weird stuff you know cryptids whatever but let me tell you if you really really want to get into really scary stuff this this is an area that you could that 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 that, that fits the bill and um you know whether you're a fan or not I'm sure some of you have seen uh, like the walking dead and basically take the zombies out of the equation. It's like what happens when all the things and all the structures that we have in society, the, 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 the the grease that keeps the wheels of our society moving along. So everybody behaves and whatever, all of a sudden that basically disappears from one day to the next. And, um, uh like i was here in 92 when andrew like basically i lived down here Uh, my house was half my belongings were swept god knows where to the everglades and the rest down the street and and um i stayed in my house so my few belongings wouldn't be taken out and it was a surreal moment when i i saw military trucks and the national guard soldiers patrolling the streets and i had helicopters it was like besides the fact of the actual experience of the hurricane. And that was, of when I say contained, contained as in immediately the rest of the United States as far as not only the government, but I mean, a bunch, you know, charities, churches opened up and people were sending clothing and, and household items. And a mo- lot of the churches in the area that ha- hadn't been impacted would serve food out in their parking lots. And, of course, because, let's say I'm using Andrew as an example, that happened like in South, South Florida, what they call the homestead area. So, and even then, but what I'm saying is that it was a contained disaster. The bulk of the country was unaffected and could come in and help. But I'll tell you what, this last time when we had Irma, that was the one that left me without electricity, and then Maria and everything. And right before that, we had had Harvey in Texas and the flooding and everything. I'm telling you, there was a delay in getting here, not only emergency services, but gasoline trucks. Because, and, and, and I'm going to give you for instance, there was a bunch of people that had left Florida that were coming back. The highways, okay, were packed. So all these truckers that were coming in, whether it was with gasoline, with food, with all the things that they supply with, they were having to contend with all these bunch of other people that normally would not be in the highway because they were trying to get back in here, and especially like the further south you live in Florida. You're way at the end like me. The point I'm trying to make is, without knowing the exact contents of what her book is going to be about, I've thought about it because I've lived it all my life but I think that a lot of people always think that if something catastrophic happens that emergency whether it's local emergency services or FEMA or government you know is going to step in but I'm telling you if you get if we get more than a couple of things happening yeah, there's a lot of manpower, but I guarantee you, you're going to be spending days, maybe a week or more, depending, okay, on having to live, okay, to, to live without electricity, to live maybe without running water, depending on where you're at or how you get your supply. Um, when I was here in 92 with Andrew, they had people that were going into houses to loot them. And there was a lot of people that stayed behind with their firearms to defend their belongings. And I remember going out and all you could hear was just the hum of generators. It was very dark because all the lights were non-existent. And as a matter of fact, they would even have certain blocks in neighborhoods where people agreed to patrol just to keep the looters out. And that was a small microcosm, like along the lines. That's how easily sometimes civility and lawfulness can go by the wayside uh um, that to me is very scary and very possible because i've witnessed it so i'm very interested to see what she has to say i i i think that you know we ignore those possibilities of our peril depending on where you live in the country you know sometimes you know or even if you say, and I don't, and, I, and believe me, I wouldn't wish this for us, but even if you live in a part of a country that normally doesn't suffer from any type of natural disaster, whether it's a hurricane or tornadoes or earthquakes or a volcano, all we, have you ever thought it's any type of pandemic? Like what we had at the beginning of the 20th century with the Spanish flu here, where well, it wiped out, which it was a worldwide scourge, but basically, from what I understand, came over to the United States with the uh, soldiers, the American soldiers returning from World War I, And That decimated, and that went primarily after young adults, not uh, what normally would die when you had uh, diseases which were children, the aged and the infirm. It was usually the young adults who died very quickly. What would happen then? <laughs> And I'm not a survivalist, by the way. I should be, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm one of these like. But it, it you know, it gives you food for that So definitely, I got to follow up and see what happens with Marie, with that, and oh, and that thing that she's talking about, the celebrity. And like I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've seen. I've because when you're in the paranormal, you watch all the shows, the good ones and the hokey ones. And I do. I admit, I do. Like I said, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly and even the reruns of the good, the bad and the ugly. So I'm always, always ready for good stuff. Good stuff, entertaining stuff, factual stuff. Even sometimes if it's places that all the paranormal groups have gone through, I'm always hoping that if they go there, they're gonna give it a fresh angle or more accurate angle. Uh, In other words, because some of them just kind of rehash the same story, the information about the site and like I said, I'm a big researcher. And then when you when you find out, it's like, that's not really what happened there. That's not accurate. There's a lot of accurate stuff that's just as scary. But but they just pick up and they just, I guess, whoever produces the show or writes the show or, I don't know. They just say, oh, yeah, that other show, they said that uh, the guy was hung from that tree. And nobody was ever hung. And it's like, yeah, but something else did happen. But whatever. that's, that's Let me get off my soapbox on that one. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming and sharing this time with me. You guys are wonderful. Please do not forget, my true believers, submit your stories at com. Catch me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, uh, if you catch me on YouTube, uh, you know, I usually stagger these shows just because I've got so many wonderful guests, which I do, but I usually release the podcast version of the show earlier and uh, you can either find us at MiamiGoesChronicles.com or the different podcast platforms like Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. You can get a podcast version so you could li- listen to it at your leisure. And guys, if you have any ideas, any suggestions, any requests for certain people or certain types of shows, I would love to hear about it. Write to me at Marlene at miamighostchronicles.com. I mentioned before, I'm considering getting a phone line to just take in calls from people calling in. I'm just, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Obviously, I would love to take calls without screeners. Because the truth is, it's like, that's the fun thing. I I would just like to hear people talk about their experiences or what they got to say. But you know, there's always going to be s- every party has a pooper. Oh, that's what I'm afraid of. The pooper ers or let me put make that plural that want to spoil the fun. So that's on the back burner. I'm thinking about it. So that's something where we'll go live, and I will have you guys call in and talk about what's the subject. Oh, anything in paranormal. Who am I fooling? It doesn't have to be what that show's about. It could be about anything paranormal, guys. So anyway, take care. Today is, what is today? I've lost track. Today is is Thursday, guys. Weekend starts tomorrow, kind of. Prep day for the weekends tomorrow. So have a great weekend. Take care.
2: The air we breathe. The water we drink the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so, too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com.
0: Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz on the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party UMOT from crowdsourced user experience. Data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to OpenSignal awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021.